When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's Mooney in the backfield, Fields rolls his direction to the right, on fourth and one, trying to keep the play alive, and now he's dead. There's learning lessons through all of it. Are you a sicko? Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's a Bears Tuesday. And with me, as always, to talk about the Bears is actor, comedian, Mike Pusateri. Of course, you could find this podcast anywhere. Fine podcasts are sold for free. You can sign up for the newsletter at PointlessExercise.com. Because it's the holidays and I'm such a giving person, subscriptions are 30% off. Um... Substack still hasn't figured out, even though they promised me the gift subscription thing that's still selling those at full price. But, you know, it's worth it. And really, how much how, how much do you like the people you're giving gifts if you need a discount to give them the gift? Insulting I, almost, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Substack on this, I think. Yeah. Uh, you could follow us on Instagram at pointlessexercise1. And I think that's probably it. So, Mike... Uh, how are things going with you, and how can the good people uh, keep up with your uh, exciting career? Uh, they can follow me on the Twitters at Mike Pusateri. Instagram, I am Mike Pusateri. Uh, and uh, IMDb Pro, Mike Pusateri 2. So you have Pointless Exercise 1 and Mike Pusateri 2 to keep things nice and simple for you. And, of course, the website, MikePusateri.com. Very good. So we're recording this on a Tuesday morning after the Bears' exciting Monday Night Football game. Yeah, a game so exciting that uh, the announcers were clearly irritated by the end of it. Yeah. Always a good sign when, during the broadcast, out of nowhere, the play-by-play guy starts to talk about uh, how they changed the rules as far as uh, when you can interview uh, potential coaches uh, if you fired your coach. And then they just kind of zoom in on Matt Nagy, still having his game-long aneurysm on the sidelines. Yeah, right. Or, or didn't he even say... Or, he, or if you fired him, or if you've told him, yeah, given them notice. So, like, that's clearly it seems like the thanks, you know, the Thanksgiving thing. There, uh, yeah. like, you could just tell them, guys, again, which you already did clearly, and then backed off it. It's funny you keep hearing people say, "Well, they have to fire Nagy to do that," because how embarrassing would it be to have those interviews in the building? It's like, okay, number one, you're not bringing Byron Leftwich to Hallis Hall in the middle of the season. You're going to him. Right. Secondly, I don't. I've seen Matt Nagy. I don't know. It doesn't seem like that's a guy who you can embarrass. It doesn't seem like because he certainly should have been embarrassed a long time ago, and it, nothing seems to phase him. Right. He'd probably offer to be in on the interview, ask some great questions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Offer some guidance. I mean, who better? 
I'm going to put a play up here, uh, Byron, and I want you to tell me uh, how great it is. What do you think? <laughs> is this is this football? What what is that that you drew on the board, Matt? <laughs> I I see circles and yeah. X's. Um, are those emojis? What what are those? Man, I'm confused. You have eight X's <laughs> and fourteen circles. What? I'm not sure this is lining up exactly. Well, Byron, I clearly, if you've ever been in battle, you know that the the army with the most forces tends to win. So on this play, we're just going to use 15 guys. <laughs> we're going to overwhelm them with numbers. Uh. <sighs> um, so yeah, maybe I'll start with the, the weird energy that Matt had all night. Yeah. Frantic, almost. Um, it was pretty. The beginning of the game was pretty, pretty standard for a team that feels like it's overmatched. In the Bears' case, overmatched and un- undermanned with all the COVID and all the other injuries, where they really psyched themselves up and they're celebrating any anything, just over over the top. And usually that kind of that lasts a few plays, and then they kind of settle into the game. Right. But it, he, Nagy never calmed down. He was no. just he was crazed. The entire game where he got one personal foul, he said, for using magic words. <laughs> Abracadabra. Uh-huh. And he very nearly got thrown out late in the game when he challenged the spot and he threw the he slammed the replay flag down right at the ref while he was chewing him out. Yeah. And he the ref very clearly told him, you know, if they have one more word I'm gonna throw you out. If I was Nagy, I'd have just gone for the you, know, you see it in baseball a lot where a manager who knows he's done just gets thrown out of games basically so he can go home. Yeah. I kind of thought maybe that's what Matt was doing. Well, and if he did, by the way, he would have gotten cheered by the crowd. So that's the only way he's going to yeah. walk out actually to cheers. Yeah. Maybe that was the whole plan. He's like, yeah. oh, I didn't even – I can't even – that was the game plan. And as we know, his game plans never work. They're terrible. They're not well thought out. So the Bears' defense – I mean, they got a boost. They got um, Akeem Hicks back, mm-hmm. who had been gone for a very long time. He was great. But they had literally none of their starting secondary players were active. <laughs> so they were playing guys like you know, the, all of our favorites. Kindle Vildor and Marquis Christian and uh, Tease Tabor was running Tease. around back there. And then the uh, rookie, sixth-round pick, Thomas Graham Jr., a guy they drafted from Oregon, um, who they cut at during training camp and put him back on the practice squad because nobody wanted him. Mm-hmm. And he, he he sat on the practice squad for 14 weeks. They had to play him last night. They'd run out of bodies. And he was their best defensive back. It was fantastic. Now, I mean, it could just be one. Like sometimes you see it in baseball, like where a, a team brings a pitcher up who's been in the minors for twelve years, and like remember Ryan O'Malley for the Cubs, yeah, yeah. and then he's he's never good again. And it could be that one thing, but I just knowing these Bears with all of the secondary problems they've had all year, it would be just completely true to form that they actually had a useful player that they watch practice every day. And they just never abused. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's because the Bears secondary is so talented and deep, right? That mm-hmm. it just 
Oh no, that's not it. And you know, the guy, as you said, he, he was drafted. Okay. He played at Oregon. That's a big time school, the big time conference. He's probably pretty good. Really, like really legit, a pretty good cornerback, but you wouldn't know it because he's been uh, inactive this entire season when the bears have, have a terrible problem with their second. Yes. Really. They're, they're clear. Their biggest problem has been anybody but Jalen Johnson in the yeah. secondary. Like, like you just you needed anybody, and then it's like, oh, this guy. Ah. He's a, you know what? We think he should just sit on the sidelines and watch. It's it's really perfect though because uh, if you remember down towards the end of the Wanstead era, ah. um, they had. Do you remember Bam Morris? Yeah, Bam. So uh, they let Bam go. I don't remember if Bam got hurt or Bam got cut. We had to let and, Bam go. And they had to activate James Allen from the practice squad, and he ran for 200 yards against the Ravens. And in the postgame press conference, writers were asking Wani, what, why didn't you ever play this guy? He's like, oh, it's just not, let's not put this guy in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, so because you're such a thin-skinned prick, yeah. instead of – talking about how this rookie running back just saved your ass in a game against the Ravens, you're going to just act like he sucks because you hadn't been playing. Yeah. That's a pretty good window into Dave Wanstead, who continues to haunt me by popping up on the radio and on post-game shows. You will never get he, rid of him. He is the, um, he's the avatar for coaching failure with the Bears. And it's, it really it's perfect that he's now like looming over the end of the Nagy era because it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. yeah, it is. One lucky playoff appearance. Actually, Wani might have had two. Wani was actually a more successful coach than Nagy. Yeah. But the end of it was is this. It's We're yeah. reliving it. Should Wani should have been fired the year before he got fired. Should have gotten fired during the season in his last year. They wouldn't do it. And as we're living it out with Nagy right now. Because it's what mm-hmm. the Bears do. It's one of their great traditions. That tradition and the new tradition of if it's third and 20, throw it to Cole Komet, four yards down the field. He caught three of those last night. That's good. Well, you know, tradition means something to the Bears. It does. That's all they've got left. Yeah. And if it's third and 20, we're throwing it less than five yards. Not only not only we get to see Thomas Graham, first six-rounder who hadn't played, we also got to see the great Daz Newsome. Yes. Fantastic. And uh, he made his presence felt on uh, one key play, the first play he ever played in the NFL. Comes into the game, he lines up offside. Then the play starts. He runs into David Montgomery and helps knock the ball loose for David Montgomery's first fumble in over 300 carries. <laughs> and the Vikings didn't notice it right away. The defensive players all do, and they all stand up with the ball. And you know, they do it after every play that the ball, if they can get their hands on the ball, they act like they recovered it. Right. But because it took a while to sort out the penalty... Mike Zimmer, somebody told him, you should challenge this. He did. Yeah. And the Vikings got the ball. So Perfect. thank you, Daz. Good job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Later in the game, Ladarius Mack came in. He also lined up offsides and got called for that. Which is great. And it reminded me of um, when it used to be in the old, <laughs> in old basketball box scores. If you didn't get a point or a rebound – or an assist, you wouldn't show up in the box score unless you fouled. Right. And we always had a joke that um, whenever a player came into the game and would foul somebody right away, it was, oh, I'm in the box score. 
<laughs> as if it's proof to mom and dad that you played. I think that's what Ladarius and Daz were doing. Was they were probably do trying. nothing else. Let's just draw. We'll both draw a penalty, and then we'll be in the box score. We'll prove we're on the team. Yeah. We really are on the team. See, like I Rudy. got that penalty. Mm-hmm. Speaking of penalties, I want to congratulate Tevin Jenkins for two things. The second quarter last night, first quarter of his NFL career, which he did not get called for holding. The third quarter, he got my favorite personal foul of the season. Yeah. In which the uh, Vikings threw Justin Fields over the bench. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was legal because he was in bounds when they started throwing him over the bench. And Tevin basically ran over and just found a Viking to smack. In other words, all right, we've had enough of this shit. I've I've been watching this for three months. People taking cheap shots at our quarterback and the refs because he's a rookie, not giving a shit. And this right. stuff's going to end right now. And what does Tevin get for his uh, efforts? Gets chewed out on the field by Jermaine Effetti. Yeah. And then gets is... a, a, a scholarly lecture from Matt Nagy on the sidelines. What, what, are the, what are those guys thinking? I mean, Tevin did exactly what you want him to do. Now, exactly I do think... Looking, looking at it again, I think Effetti thought Tevin was going to get thrown out for throwing a punch. Oh. I think that's what he thought. That's why I think he was yelling at him for that, which okay. is you can't I'll throw a punch. punch. We right. Jermaine's probably like, I, I suck at right tackle. If I get, if you get thrown, I'm going to have to go to left tackle for the rest of the night. <laughs> right. I was, I wasn't even going to play again this year. The Bears were clearly just going to cut me when I got off IR, and I was going to go home and collect my check. And right. then everybody got fucking COVID, and now I, and then Jason Peters sprained his ankle, and so I have to play tonight. And if I'm going to play rookie, you're going to finish. That's I'm going to give Jermaine credit for that because the, in you know in the flurry of arms flying around, one of the Vikings kept pointing at Tevin Jenkins and like and, and showing a ref. He threw a punch, which he didn't mm. really. He just kind of shoved a guy. Right. So right, I think right. maybe that was it. Um, I loved Lewis Riddick's take on what Nagy was telling um, Justin, which was, young man, there's a time and a place for that. To which my <laughs> reply was, yes, now is the time, and this is the place. Yeah, this is it perfectly right here. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do any yeah. people like, oh, that's going to, you know, they could have scored on that drive. Oh, could they have? <laughs> that was the one they were going to score on? Well, and the only other thing I might say is, is, is if that is what Jermaine's message was, that's great. Maybe he mm-hmm. could have been next to him in the pot, you know, yeah. in the melee. Yeah, Tevin is alone. That. He's the yeah. only one. <laughs> it's him and 48 Vikings surrounding him. There was somebody had a cut up after the Browns game where Fields got hit on every play at how few times his offensive lineman even bothered to try to help him up. And almost yeah. every time it, it was somebody, it was Jason Peters. Like the other four guys are just like, ah, you know, because so overwhelmed by everything. They're like, ah, fine. He's young. He'll, he can crawl. He'll get, he'll get back to huddle somehow. Right. (sighs) Yeah. It was quite a display. I just, every week it's, we talk, it's basically the same thing we talk about. And I just, I'm jealous of other fans of other NFL teams who can apparently watch their team play without worrying about getting a brain aneurysm. But it's every single game is just exhausting to watch because you're like, what is that? Well, it was it was quite a doubleheader last night. Started with the Browns and Raiders. Yeah. Where the Browns thought they had this miraculous win with a backup quarterback who wasn't even on the team until this week. Nick Mullins threw a touchdown pass with three minutes to go. 
to give them the lead. And then because they're the Browns, they lose on a last-second field goal. <laughs> and then the Bears, who just went out and just shit their pants for three and a half hours on national TV again. That's a pretty good window into those two fan bases. Yeah. How we, – we both – we just know we're going to get humiliated. How is it going to happen? How bad is it going to be? Yeah. The only thing exciting was at the end of the game, uh, you know, was the the touchdown and no extra point gets attempted. Yep. So that <laughs> now see, I in anticipation of as the as the COVID list was piling up, I I bet the game on like Friday, okay. and I got it two places. I got um, Vikings minus six, Vikings minus five and a half. Oh, so you're good. So I was good. The longer you waited the higher the spread got because the bears were adding more and more guys to the list, but you could right. see it coming. So I even remarked that, you know, if you, if you ended up with eight, eight or higher, you just, you did your shopping too late. That's you it. You deserve it. You deserve to lose your money. Right. <laughs> I mean, did you think it was going to go the other way? Right. So. Somebody should have bet the game earlier. I mean, that's the one salvation of the bears this year. It's pretty easy to bet against. They come through all the time, like the Packers. I think the, I think I, I did. I had, I never teased, but I teased Packers minus nine, and Eagles minus six and a half down to Packers three and a half, Eagles point five. Thinking it's the Packers. They've only not covered I think once all year. They don't cover. Pete's already dead before <laughs> even gets Tuesday. But the, if you just bet on the Packers to cover and the Bears not to this year, you would you did pretty well. Yeah, you were buying Christmas presents with money that you didn't have to. You know. Yeah. I didn't do that because oh maybe they'll win this week. I never bet. I don't think I bet on them a single time. Maybe early. Man, maybe bet again on them. I just would pick games where I knew they weren't gonna they were gonna get blown out and. Um, just most of them. Yeah. And that way I could stomach the loss a little better. At least Nagy's incompetence was paying off in one way. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Nagy's incontinence, incompetence, um, we're both. I don't know. He's got, he, he, he had like those uh, windbreaker pants on because it was cold. So he, yeah. could just, he could just whiz all night. He didn't, you know. <laughs> and nobody's going to know. Right. right. Just, um, so we're – it's incredible. We're, we're back to the – is Justin Fields any good conversations on Chicago Sports Radio? So stupid. And his numbers last night looked good. It was like 26 to 39 for 285 yards and a touchdown, something like that. Um, and there were some bad plays. And so those are the ones that the people who've just decided, I think it's just a reflex with bear fan, with a lot of Bear fans. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, just, I'm not even going to get my hopes up. I, he's, he sucks just like every other quarterback we've ever had. And I'll just be fine with that. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be the, I'm gonna get on the bandwagon early and criticize him. It was just like the um, the Cub fans in 2016, who remember when they had the the losing streak before the All Star break? Like they started mm-hmm. 25 and six. They basically clinched a playoff spot in April. Right. And they were they went through this. They weren't playing well at all. But it's like it happens everybody. And there were guys jumping off the bandwagon faster than they possibly could. It was a race to see who could give up on them first. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. the same thing right now with Justin Fields, mm-hmm. which really doesn't make any sense. I mean, there are some there are some troubling things. Like he is, um, so I <laughs> I learned a great 
stat over the weekend, which was um, Darius Leonard of the Colts had an interception against the Patriots. His combined interceptions and fumbles this year are 11. He has 11 takeaways himself. The Bears' (laughs) defense going into last night's game also had 11. Terrific. Congratulations to the Bears. They got an interception, so they're now ahead of Darius Leonard. (laughs) Justin Fields fumbled for the 12th time last night. Now, he's only lost six. He, He recovers every other one. That's not great. However, this people are like, well, you know, it's terrible ball security. It, in my memory, there were he had one other fumble like last night where he's running the ball, running with the ball, and gets hit and fumbles. The other ones are all he's standing in the pocket being besieged. Right. There's, right. He has no chance. He has zero chance. In fact, one of the things he's good at is when the ball gets stripped from him in the, in the is crawling around under all the bodies and getting the ball. Yeah. In fact, there's yeah. like one early, I think maybe in the Bengals game, where all you saw was his arm, like, emerge from a pile and grab the ball and just pull it. The ball's laying there all by itself, and all of a sudden his arm pops out, and he gets it back. <laughs> so that's not good. And then, like, um, he was, at one point, he was 10 of 11 passing. And Steve Levy had just said he missed his first pass. He's now completed 10 in a row. And then he throws a pass to Dave Montgomery that is, like, eight yards away from Dave Montgomery. And they're like, you know, you, have, uh, you gave him the whammy. Thanks, them. Yeah. But I think it was Greasy who picked up on it, and he's like, Montgomery didn't run that route right. Like, right. that's an out, and he drifted to the sidelines, feels through it where he was supposed to be. Yeah. But you get all the meatballs, who are like, oh, see, he sucks. It's like, oh, it's... But by far, to me, the biggest problem that he suffers from, and it was completely evident last night, is there is no sense to this offense at all. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. know how to put get anybody in a rhythm. It's not just Fields, and they pointed out on the broadcast last night too. Dave Montgomery will have a good run and then immediately be taken out. Right. And then they have to, and then because they have to give the fuck up all to Jakeem Grant on a sweep. Right. And then when Jakeem Grant goes out, they have to put um, Daz Newsom in the backfield, or then it's Demir Bird. It's like okay, you you bitch about how well you know uh, it'd be nice to be able to get Khalil Herbert some carries, but we can't. Oh, you can't. There's a good way. Yeah, there's a good. There's a good How about he way? plays yeah. in the backfield with Montgomery on those plays instead of a fucking wide receiver for no reason? Yeah. Um, so they do weird stuff like that, but they also the you know I've been harping on it ever since Nagy got here about. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Plays clearly don't, don't, aren't, aren't meant to set up a different variation of that play later on. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's almost like Nagy has a checklist, not a play sheet. So, like, he'll call a play, and something will break down because it's the Bears. The protection will break down, whatever. And um, you're like, oh, well, that play would have worked if this had happened. A normal team goes back to that later. Like, on the sidelines, they correct it. Like, do this. We're going to get back to that play. The Bears, no, he's crossed that play off. We're not running that one again. Right. Nope, that one didn't work. And so for people who are like, well, you know, it's like – I can't imagine what it's like to be Justin Fields and be in that huddle 
and just be just have these random fucking plays come in and you're like okay now what what are we why are we running this now right yeah i mean it's not like i mean i know hub thinks that you know they'd be playoff bound with andy dalton it wasn't any different with him no this shit was still completely disjointed and that's by far their biggest problem they have there is no offensive strategy there is none. There isn't, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, it, it, it happens to the Bears. It never happens for the Bears. Um, clearly last night, early on in the game, the Vikings were like, all right, if they're going to put Thomas Graham Jr. on Justin Jefferson, we're just going to fucking throw the ball to Justin Jefferson on every play. Right. And it worked for the first quarter, and then Thomas Graham kind of got his shit together, and it didn't really work after that. Yeah. Have you ever, do you remember the last three years, the Bears going into a game and just picking on somebody on defense? Never. No. Never. Never. You never hear that. You never see that. You never hear it. You never be like, Bears are really smart going to this guy over and over again. Never. Bears are taking advantage of this weakness that this team has. You never. Yeah. And But then you'll see it like they went, in the fourth quarter, they went up-tempo and fields just completion, 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 completion right on the field. Now, part of it is, obviously, the Vikings are have kind of backed off. Yeah. They just they, they just didn't want the Bears to be able to score quickly. <laughs> <laughs> get on, say kick, and then have another shot at. So they played a little back farther, but it's still everything was just crisper. Yeah, and they but they just they don't really do that. I'm not saying they should. They can't really go no huddle for stretches in the game because their offense is so bad. All it would do is your possession would be 18 seconds long, right? And then the defense right. would be back on the field. But there are times there are a lot of teams that'll just out of nowhere r- rush a second play, just mm-hmm. completely change the tempo during a during a series. Where the defense is used to the, okay, we get the complete play, we go back to the huddle, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, we're just going to run two plays in a row and see if right. we can catch somebody. The Bears never do that. No. There and if they nothing... did, they'd line up wrong and have to call timeout. Yeah. The, the, the Bears have done, they've done really, they've done nothing to help Justin Fields as, a, as an offensive play calling system, as an offensive, um, as an off, they've done nothing to help him. Their receivers do nothing to help. Him. I mean, it's ridiculous how many times, you know, these receivers just cannot catch the balls that are thrown right at them. I mean, Jimmy Graham in the end zone. Yep. Catch the fucking ball, Jimmy. Just catch it. It's literally the oh. only thing he's good at. Yeah. And he didn't do it. You know, and that played a Mooney. I mean, that was a tough one. Yeah, but probably was a touchdown, except for maybe the ball was kind of moving around at the end. But they just, their receivers just never, never help out. They just never seem to help them out. And then they throw it a bird for some reason. Yeah. That's never a good idea. Nope. And that's because they don't, you know, they're so thin at that position now. Um, yeah, they're the thin there, but he was one of their big offensive off-season acquisitions. Yeah. Worked like, out great. Jameer Bird is not a guy they picked up off waivers. They signed him in, like, April. Yeah. Like, he was part of the plan to get faster. Well, he's fast. It doesn't yeah. do you any good when the ball clangs off of him, either on a punt or on a right. fourth and four in the red zone. So our buddy Hub <laughs> watched the Ravens and Packers game. Uh-huh. I guarantee you, Hub, even though he supposedly publishes a professional football magazine that I don't know that anyone has read in 20 years or subscribes to you know he doesn't have like the football package so he's just watching it because it was the game that was on channel two 
and uh, the game ends, and um, he goes on and on about how Tyler Huntley is is so much better than Justin Fields <laughs> because um, he sat for a year and a half right behind Lamar Jackson. It's just, there's so much wrong with that. Everything, yeah. Um, first of all, the reason the Ravens got went out and got a guy like Tyler Huntley is so that when Lamar Jackson got hurt, they could run the same offense. Right. Because when you go when they used to have Joe Flacco as the backup, um, Different you can't set. you can't run anything that Lamar can run with Joe. It right. could it would be hilarious. It'd be like <laughs> trying to teach a giraffe how to swim. Um. And then the other thing that Hub was lost on Hub, apparently, was the Ravens actually call plays that are designed for the skill set of the quarterback. Yeah. Like, specifically. Like, there's even a difference in the plays they run for Huntley than the ones they run for Lamar, even though they're somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. The Bears don't do any of that. No, and that's because the Ravens also have something that the Bears do not have, which is a good, competent coaching staff. Yes, and they have a and they have a better roster. But to Hub, the only difference is Tyler sat. Right, that's, yeah, he sat very, because he plays behind a league MVP. Yeah, that's that's why, why he, sat. he sat. Not because he, if Andy, <laughs> do you think he would have sat behind Andy Dalton? No, I don't think so. Yeah, no, and Lamar played as a rookie. In fact, he took the Ravens yeah. to the playoffs as a rookie. Right. So everything about Hub's argument was wrong. <laughs> but other than that, he made a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's three weeks ago, the death march continues. This is the slowest, slowest season of all time. This season just won't end. How could we have three more weeks? That's almost, almost a, a quarter of a football season. I mean, it was almost, you know, we were, we were at 16 games, you know. Four games is 25% of your season. We got three remaining. This death march. There were a bunch of people at the game last night going, all right, after this, after this oh, embarrassment, yeah. George's got to do something. It's like, guys, that ship, <laughs> that ship has sailed. I would love it as much as you guys would, but it's not happening. Okay, so... So Chris, this is Christmas weekend. This is week. This is to, this is the weekend, right? That he could, that you can start interviewing in, in new. Well, uh, no, they could. It would be after they can't do it till after the next game. Okay, so so in theory they should Monday. fire him on next Monday. Okay, so right around Christmas. So it's okay. So that would but be they could week. do it now. Obviously, if you want to just let him enjoy Christmas with his family, you have an interim coach, and then starting the next week, you can start interviewing. Let's unpack that for a second because okay, they're, they're playing in Seattle Sunday. <laughs> so that means I presume they're going to leave Saturday mid afternoon, early afternoon to fly out there. Yeah, you have to be there the day the night. You have to be there the day before. The NFL won't let you fly, of course, and you can't fly to Seattle the day of the game. No, right. Although I can see the Bears trying that. (laughs) Guys, put your. We're gonna put our pads on on the plane. (laughs) We're gonna save on hotel costs. It's a late game. It's not till three o'clock our time. Right. So we'll get there, and then. (laughs) Oh Jesus! So this is Christmas Day. They're going to be traveling. 
So they're, you're gonna have the, they got to have a big team Christmas dinner, aren't they? At the at the Hard Rock Nirvana or something out there. <laughs> aren't they gonna have? A, you would think yeah. they're gonna have a big team. You think that's where the Bears? Have, if there's a Denny's, <laughs> that's where they're eating. Well, how's it? So let's imagine this Christmas dinner. Is George sitting at the head of the table with the Santa hat on? <laughs> And is he passing out, you know, stockings with coal in them to Ryan and, and Matt? How is this how is this working? This is gonna be the most awkward team Christmas dinner of all time. Everybody knows that their uh, that their coach is gone at some point. They probably I'll figure that Pace is not gonna be he's gonna be gone, or at least he's not gonna be their general manager next year. Somebody else is. And they're sitting there on Christmas Day in Seattle. It's gonna be 40 degrees and raining, probably. Last place they'd probably all rather be at Christmas Day. They'd rather be at home with their families. And here they are with George in a Santa suit sitting around having dinner before this meaningless game they play the following day. That sounds great. Um, so I didn't know this until the game because I was thinking about it. Okay, so, you know, the assumption is Chris Tabor would be the interim coach if you fired me. Although it really doesn't make sense to, to make your – it supposedly makes sense in the short term, like a one-week deal, to have your special teams coach be the head coach because they're the other, the only coach other than the head coach who, like, have to coach the whole team. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. The problem that if you make them the interim is special teams coordinator is a really demanding, time-intensive job because you've got mm-hmm. – because you're juggling so much personnel that they're really not well-suited to take over – for the rest of the year, because now you've just doubled their workload for the rest of the season. Right. Now, I guess, you know, they did actually block a punt for the first time in six years with the backup special teams coordinators. Maybe, maybe that would work, but yeah, I didn't right. know this till last night because we knew that if Sean Desai couldn't, we didn't get off COVID protocol. Mike Pettin was going to call the defenses, but apparently right before Desai tested out of protocols, Pettin tested into them. <laughs> so I then Deshae Townsend, the defensive back coach, was going to have to call the plays, and they were going to have because both those guys would have been out. <sighs> so this, that probably factors into it somehow too, which is like, do we even want to juggle the fucking coaching staff the last week? And we're already juggling it as it is. Yeah. But like Cap said, I mean, you you kind of owe it to to put Nagy out of his misery, yeah. and you owe you certainly owe it to the fan base to put us out of our misery. Because, you know, we're all assuming that Nagy and, and Pacer are gone. But we don't know it. I mean, and this franchise yeah, has certainly done stupider. Well, I don't know about stupider things. They've certainly done a lot of stupid things. I mean, there's a 1% chance that they're coming back. But it's still a 1% chance. Yeah. I think there's a I think there's a 1% chance that Nagy's coming back. I think it's like a 35% chance that Pacer's coming back. In, the, in his current role, or just stay with the team and be director of pro personnel? Well, but that doesn't make... No, he's not going to... GM will not take a demotion. Because you it's, keep reading about you're how gonna George fi- wants, You're going to fire him, is what you're going to You keep do. reading how George wants to keep him in the organization somehow. Yeah, the I, only I way he... St- I, I think I think the... the <sighs> you have to, it's dangerous. You have to think like George. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand I had... I mean, I, he doesn't want, we've talked about this. He doesn't want to be the one who hired. He doesn't want to do any hiring. Right. He just wants to be like, all right, go hire a new coach. That's fine. Um, the only def- There's no defensible way to keep pace. But I think no. the way that it, 
is if they went on and hired a football president, then you make the that guy makes the decision on pace. Mm-hmm. And he may be like, you know what, I'm gonna be the one making the final decisions. So he could stay. He could be in his Because I'll be like, No, we're not fucking doing that. Okay. And I can I can stop. I need somebody to do the day to day work, so it might as well be him. So in this scenario, Pace keeps his GM title, but it, he's essentially running meetings. He's not reporting. Instead of reporting to, but in theory, he's just reporting to a different person. He reports to Ted. He'd just be right, reporting but, to a different president. Yeah, but this president would actually control the football team and the roster and, and the moves and the coaching yeah. decisions and all that. But where like, Ted theoretically does not. Like somebody said, for you know, they like to say that Ted doesn't meddle in football operations, right. but he apparently meets with Ryan every week. So what yeah. are they doing? And the other thing well, is, he is meddling in football operations by leaving Ryan in place. Just by the fact that he's there, he's yeah. meddling in it. And 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 you know that you know that the John Fox hire was you know had Phillips's hands all over it. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure when, you know. Hey, Ryan, look, it's your call, man. Well, uh, we have total faith in you. I just kind of think you know, you're the young guy. He's an old coach. You know, I like that mix of old and new and experience and youth. And yeah, that's so I would go with maybe. You know, and then what's he supposed to say? Okay, he's 37 years old at that point, or however old he is. So I think, you know, at least in the whatever the modern era is, because I don't remember who filled in for Hallis when he hopped on the Navy cruiser for the year. Um, Fox was the only Bears head coach to have ever had prior head coaching experience. Is that right? It's in the NFL. In the NFL. That sounds right. Because. I don't think Jack Pardee did. I don't think Neil Armstrong did. We know Ditka didn't. Right. Um, Wani didn't. Dick Duran didn't. Lovey didn't. Tressman didn't. didn't. Fox did. Nagy didn't. And yeah. that, I think, was basically... Ernie Acorsi basically convinced the Bears, if you're going to hire a GM who's never been a GM before, you ought to hire a coach who's been a coach before. And mm-hmm. this guy's coached in two Super Bowls. And lost them both. <laughs> and one of them dramatically uh, mm-hmm. by lots of points. I think the Seahawks are still celebrating. Um, so I think, I think it was just easy. Ted could easily be led around the nose by Ernie. Sure. You know, this is what you need to do. This is, well, that sounds good to me. All right, let's do that. Hurrumph, hurrumph, hurrumph. I didn't get a hurrumph. Right, right. <laughs> Give the governor a hurrumph. <laughs> you watch um, your ass. But it's isn't it amazing that the oldest franchise in football history has only ever hired one coach who'd ever fucking hired, coached a football team before? Yeah, that's like if you were writing that in a script, no one would believe that. And you can't yeah. even use the proviso. Well, yeah, but George Hallis coached the team for half of its life. Yeah, well, it's been they've it's been there's sixty seasons now. He didn't coach. Yeah, sixty. There's, there's been opportunity. So there's yeah, you've had plenty of chances to hire guys who'd coached before. Well, and they're probably not going to hire a, that's whoever their next guy is probably is going to be the same thing. Cause they're not going to go uh, hire the, the little man in green Bay, even though that would be great. Just be the, well, the but it the wouldn't, just be the, it. wouldn't it just be the, the typical bear thing. He shows up and it turns out what I kind of suspect that you or I could probably coach Aaron Rodgers to Aaron 12 wins, 13 yeah. wins. Right. Um, yeah. But they're not going to get Sean McVay. I mean, they're just not. Well, no, I should be able to get whoever they want. Teams, I I can't even remember. When was the last time a team 
hired an active coach. The guys you're looking for are guys who coached who aren't currently head coaches. Because it's not, yeah, but I mean, you just don't see it. You don't, but the Bears I mean, the, the are. The Bob team. Melvin wandering across, just basically telling the A's, all right, I'm just fucking tired of this. I'm going right. to go coach the Padres. Right. That doesn't happen in the NFL. My point is the Bears should be able to get whoever the hell they want. Yeah, of really available should. coaches. I just, it's, I think it's a, I think it's a wasted to think about coaches who are currently coaching another NFL team. They're not going to change teams. I mean, there may be somebody who gets launched uh, the day after the season ends that you're like, oh, I didn't know. That. Why did somebody fire him? That may be a guy you add to your list. But, yeah, but I, I hear you that it doesn't ever happen. But there's no. It happens in baseball. It happens in other sports. It, it could happen. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't happen in football that <laughs> that happens in other sports. I mean, they yeah. act like there's no, you know, football people think their sport is so complicated. Mm-hmm. And just, I mean, that's part of the reason why there's more than there used to be, but there still aren't that many in-season coaching firings. And that's the reason. Like, oh, no, no, no. And whenever they do, they, you, you never see a team, like in baseball, a team will hire its next manager during the season. Like the guy right. they intend to be the coach for the next however long. That never happens in the NFL. They're like, all right, fine. This, I guess this guy can keep, can finish out the year and then we'll find somebody. Because mm. it's just, it's way too complicated to bring in a, a coach with a different system during the season. It's like, is it really? It's not. <laughs> right. Your sport is not that, you know, special. So then if you're looking for a, 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 someone who has NFL head coaching experience, it's going to be somebody who, get, who is fired then. And that's... Well, I mean, there's two pretty good candidates out there, I think. Urban Meyer and John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like to have Vag? Try to sell that to Vag. <laughs> now, wait a minute, what? Is it, now, one guy is the guy who wrote naughty things in his electronic mails. And the <laughs> other guy is the one who kicked his kicker? Yeah. yeah These are our choices? Yeah, we're not we're not doing those things. Uh, I mean, it's funny that we talk about how you know when uh, Mike Florio throws out the well, NFL should expand to forty teams in the next X amount of years, and everybody's like, "Oh, there's not enough quarterbacks for that." You know what? There else there isn't enough of. There's not enough head coaches. Yeah, well, clearly. Well, but they're, they're, yeah, but yeah, I you're mean, right. They're, they're going to end up with somebody who most likely. Has never coached before in the NFL. I've never been a head coach, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's it's going to be a coordinator or Ryan Day, unless. Now this is funny. I I don't remember was this the podcast we joked about. My favorite Lions coach of all time is still Jim Caldwell, the man who always looked like he was waiting for a bus. But if you look at his record with the Lions, he was like eleven and five, nine and seven, seven and nine, nine and seven. With the Lions. That's pretty impressive. He got yeah. fired after having a winning season with the Lions. Yeah. <laughs> it's nearly impossible to do. Now, what you get when you get Jim Caldwell is you get a guy who is who's just going to run your team. And he needs to be paired with an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. And that's fine. And he's just going to let them do their shit, and he's going to make final decisions, and mostly he's going to... Um, just professionalize your entire operation. And he's going to be the dullest possible person right? in every press conference. It's He's one of those guys who, hey, while he's standing there listening to the question, you're tempted to just stick the mirror up under his nose to see if he's <laughs> fogging it. Is he, is he dead? No, he's okay. Oh, he's talking now. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, it also, I thought this was funny. So, um, I think it was John Greenberg who wrote. It sounds like Lewis. Oh, he said, it "Sounds like Brian Greasy is auditioning to be the Bears GM during the telecast." And I was thinking, no, I think Lewis Riddick is. Yeah, I and I actually think might, he'd yes. be a pretty good choice. Yeah, like if you know, if the Bears, if you woke up tomorrow and the Bears had had hired Lewis Riddick to run your football operation, you'd be like, I think they might have done pretty well. Yeah, I agree. Maybe he'll just. They should have just told him to stick around. You want to stay? You might want to stay in town tomorrow. Yeah. Have you had your booster? Because Vadge <laughs> wants to talk to you. You know, that's the. I don't know who floated the. I was Pompey, right? The Tony Dungy to run your football operation to be uh, yeah, the, come I, in and be the president. I think he did. And then you know, if you get, if you hire the Dunge, you get Jim Caldwell. It just right. comes with. I. I don't know. I mean, I. I just. Tony is seems like a very nice man. He was a successful head coach. But nothing about him talking about football on TV has ever made me go, whoa, now that's a guy that yeah, mm-hmm. I want charge of everything. It's like, and it doesn't help that he looks like the Crypt Keeper from, what was that HBO show? Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I to me that's the most troubling thing, right? Is that the Bears haven't even clearly haven't even floated president or new GM possibilities. Most teams right about now would be floating some names to see what the reaction is. Right, right. Well, that's another difference between football and baseball, right? We've talked about this before. There is no football feel that we know of. There's no guy out there here like this is a guy. This is a guy who's out there that we can that we can get. Yeah. At least at least to us now, maybe now, in the industry, maybe in the industry, there are, they do know of, of guys like that. Okay, but. actually, make a good point because while you never see coach, an active coach, I should say never. And Chuck Knox do it, and he ditched the Rams for the I don't know, maybe for the Seahawks. I don't remember how that worked, but you'd very rarely, I would say, ever see a coach leave a team just to go to another team. You do see front office guys do it. Mm-hmm. That's where you can poach somebody, right? You give them a phony baloney. Like you should, you pick the guy who you think is the best general manager and you make him the president and the other team can't stop you if he wants the job he's going right that's really what they should be focused on right now if if they were i'm going to say it again if i had a dollar every time i said if they were a real organization this week's announcement wouldn't be the Nagy firing this would be the week they would announce the new president of football operations Mm -hmm. and then he makes the decision either launch Nagy after the game next week or before don't even make him go to seattle and he starts the search. And he also tells Ryan Pace, hit the bricks. Yeah, that is the right order. The right order is hire a president of football oper- operations, even though it would be so satisfying. And we all know it's a foregone conclusion that Nagy's not going to be coaching this team next year. That It is the wrong order. And I hate to say it because this is going to delay the process because, yeah, because they're, they it seems like they're no, nowhere near close to even thinking about a president of football operations. So they're either going to wait to actually do that which is going to take a month at least at least or and if they're doing that that means that pace and Nagy are going to be in place this entire time because they're waiting to, to fill that the president position or they're going to fire Nagy, which we all know they're going to do anyway and but they're going to have no president of football operations to, to replace you know the, the front office and the coaching staff well either either option just sounds ridiculous yeah. well i can tell you what i would do if they 
and I, you know, I got my phone ready just in case. If I got the call and they want to hire me as the president of football operations today, I can tell you the, what I would do. Okay. So we'd have the, I'd immediately say, we're having the press conference today. You're going to, George, you're going to announce me today before you change your fucking mind. And at the press conference, I would have Matt and Ryan sitting up front. Mm-hmm. And I would say a few nice things about both of them. And then Good I would man. fire them during the press conference. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, I know both of you. I, Ryan, I know that you, if you get wind of the fact you're fired, you're going to call fucking Tony Romo within 30 seconds. And somebody at CBS is going to break the story. And right. we know that anytime there's anything in the fucking, anytime Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport has any inside information about the Bears, it's right from Nagy. We know it's him. He's He picks up the phone and calls him. So in order to not get scooped at my own press conference, I'm just going to fire you during the press conference. Now feel free to call whoever the fuck you want because it was just live on ESPN and NFL Network and you're both fired. So you'd go all Alexander Haig on him. You'd be like, I'm in control here. I would, except I would actually be in control, unlike Alexander Haig, who didn't That's quite right. understand the, the way <laughs> the that the succession policy works in the Constitution. Yeah. Um, so now that to me would be the most satisfying thing if Bear Fame would have since the, since the Super Bowl twenty. Can you imagine sitting at home watching a press conference and the new guy comes in and fires those two Live on TV. <laughs> it would be a signal, that's for sure. I would need a cigarette. <laughs> so make it happen, George. Yeah. Isn't there another McCa- Isn't there another McCaskey like Shemp? It's got to be. There's got to be another McCaskey brother. Roman. Because that's the thing we never talk about is, is who takes over after George. Because as we found I... out last week, he's 77 years old. Yeah. And he doesn't look 77, but he's no. 77. Of course, I, mean, I knew I've, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, of course he's old. Mom is 98. <laughs> and I think George is the second or third oldest because Mike was the oldest. Right. And I don't know if there's a daughter the in case. between or if it went Mike to George. I do not, I do not know the um, succession. But we don't know who's, who's chairman after him. And why does the chairman have to be a fucking McCaskey? Yeah, they could just own the team. And what are they the chairman of? I always said they were the chairman of the board, but then when you read it, they're not. It's just a chairman. I mean, I guess there is a board. Yeah. Because they meet quarterly. And they were in town. They (laughs) The day the rumors flew about Nagy getting fired, Mm -hmm. part of this is only the Bears. This would only happen to the Bears. Part of the reason why the Bears couldn't issue a statement was because they were in a board meeting. How, that's the easiest time in the world to craft right. a statement. Everybody's in the same room, or at least everybody's on the same Zoom. Right. It's like everybody's here. T- typically, the problem with big organizations is they're like, "Oh shit, we got to get the sign up from this guy. We got to get sign up from her. We yeah, got to yeah. sign up from this guy. How are we going to get it?" They're literally all you looking at all of them right at the moment. Yeah. That should have been the easiest thing for them to go. We need to get out a quick one-liner that we haven't fired him and we haven't made a decision, and it'll put it'll squelch this. Right. But instead, right. they were like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? I don't know. What to do. <laughs> nothing we can do." It's like, what do you yeah. mean? There's nothing you can do. We can't respond to every rumor. <laughs> <laughs> there's no nuance with this organization. There's no. There's no. N- there's nothing nimble about them. There's nothing to go. Yeah, that's probably a good policy in general, but not in this case. We have to be a little bit smart sometimes. Uh, really, a little bit smart yeah. to issue the one-line denial. So, 
on the post game, um, and I got to tell you the uh, the the NBC Sports in Chicago post game without Olin because I don't know where he was last night. I don't know if he was gone or has COVID or whatever. Uh, man, it, it's it's a much different show, and it's not nearly yep. as good without Olin. We got Wani because if you get a primetime game, you get Wani because he's not yeah. flying back from L.A., so he's there to annoy me mostly. Yeah. Um. So they got in. I even tweeted. I was tweeting questions to Cap to ask Wani. He didn't use any of mine, but uh, um, Wani was basically it was when he was. It's when Cap was talking about how Nagy. If you look at him on the sidelines, he looks like a man who needs to be fired. Yeah. He's he's variation of either crazed and throwing his arms in the air or he looks like somebody just ran over his dog it's one or the other it just fluctuates wildly between one or the other he's clearly right. not well <laughs> right. <laughs> um right. and wani was like rah, rah, you know you can't i sent him i said ask wani why he didn't get fired during the 97 or 98 seasons and ask him if he wished he had been I really would have liked to have heard that. I mean, Wani could have said, well, of course not. Because I, I have a feeling, I'm sure during the 98 season, there were days when if he had woken up and he got a call and said, come on in, and you're getting canned, he would have been relieved. Mm-hmm. And that's that was, the, that was the point Cap was trying to get to. Right. But one of the things Wani said that was depressingly true, because he's basically saying, they're not going to fire him right now. They're not. And right, Cap's yeah. like, why? And he goes, because they're not ready to. They don't know what to do next. They don't have a they don't have a plan. They don't know whether they're going to hire a president or whether they're going to keep pace or whatever. And as ridiculous as it seems, considering they should have been thinking about this since that press Next conference year. a year ago when yeah. they didn't fire them, they they haven't. He's right. Yeah. he's right. He is, and he knows right. he lived it. Yeah, he knows he what knows. they're like. He's an idiot, but he yeah. lived through it, and he. That's the depressing thing. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's. It's tiresome to hear the why well, it won't even matter when they fire Nate because they don't. It's the same assholes doing the hiring, and there's a lot of truth to You're it. Right, but yeah. that, but when I don't, I and that that argument gets irritating to me when the person making it is like they might as well just keep him. Right, it's like no, no, you don't want to do that. I mean, we know this doesn't work. There's at least a chance that they'll blunder into the yeah. right decision. Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then, so yeah, there's a chance they could stumble into a good coach somehow. Well, you read that 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 really. That, I mean, there was a really great article in the Tribune. Fensick was quoted. You yeah. know, I like that they initially introduced him as yeah, Gary from Lake Forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about what about Gary from Lincoln Park as the president really? of football operations? Uh, people have been talking about that since like 1987, from like the day he retired. He's a super uh, smart guy for a guy who yeah. hit everybody with his head for yeah. 12 years. He does not seem to have brain damage you know yale and northwestern graduate that's pretty good knows the organization obviously i mean you're really not asking for for that much i mean the president can have as big a role or as little role as what is as he wants to have what you really want is someone who's going to run the run the organization professionally and who's mm-hmm. going to know enough to know how to hold the coach and the general manager accountable for their decisions. And yeah. and when Ryan Pace runs into the office and says, we're going to, we're going to trade up and we're going to draft this Mitch Trubisky. And he says, well, what is, what does John Fox think about it? And he says, I haven't talked to him about it. 
<laughs> and you're like, okay, okay right. get, then get out of my office. Then and go talk. one of the two of you or both of you need to be fired. Yeah. You yeah. Didn't, you, if you don't trust him enough to run your number one draft pick by him, then why is he still your coach? Right. That would right. have saved us a lot. It, it's funny when people, somebody brought that up. And they said if the Bears had done that, which it was very clear that Pace was done with Fox a year before he fired him, when he, when he literally didn't tell him who he was going to pick. Well, Hands he, him he a first-round quarterback. He never wanted him. He never Two wanted of the coaches him. hired in that offseason were Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Bears, in theory, could have moved on from Fox to either one of those guys, basically then said to them, all right, which of these three quarterbacks do you want? Right. Although – Clearly, Pace wouldn't want to do that. He already made up his mind. Had to have it was that. Mitch. Got to be Mitch. That, oh, this Mitch. That use Camry. <laughs> James McMahon. Oh, he's so clever. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, a, you know, Pace was never, in fairness to him, he was never prepared for this job. You know, I think clearly what happened is the Bears looked across town. They looked up to the north side. and said, look what the Cubs did with Theo. That was pretty good. Why don't we just get a young guy? Yep. They're like, well, there's a lot wrong with that. First of all, Pace ain't Theo. <laughs> Secondly, Theo's already won multiple World Series. He, when he, he was a fully formed, you know, executive by the time the Cubs hired him. And, yeah, he wasn't when he was, he was 28 or whatever when he got his first job. But there was nobody within the building, and this is pointed out, uh, to guide Pace, right. and, and, and and Pace was he was director of player pro, pro player personnel with the Saints. That's it, and somehow they thought he could take over arguably the most iconic franchise yeah. in, in in the in NFL history with essentially no guidance at the age of thirty seven, just because you know he's young and smart and look what the Cubs did with Theo. This got to work for us. No, it was a terrible decision. Well, and then he brought over two guys with him who are still his like right-hand men and they were, mm-hmm. they're just as young as he is. Right. And it seemed like they, they learned the wrong lessons from the success of the saints where the saints for years, once they got drew Brees and um, Sean Payton uh, or Kevin James, I forget which one it is. <laughs> um, they had built, they, you know, they had their, they had their franchise quarterback. They had a, they had an offensive mastermind at, at head coach and they traded draft picks willy nilly to get guys and they signed free agents and they didn't worry about the salary cap. Right. And that's how Pace has operated the entire time he's been with the bears. The problem is he doesn't, he didn't have a core to ever to build around. Right. You have to build that first. It's just like we talk about with the Rams, where the Rams are like, well, because oh, the Rams hate draft picks and blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out they're just willing to trade high. They're, their high, their first and second round picks, which are because they're good, are going to be like twenty eight to thirty two, mm-hmm. to get impact players. But they hoard middle round picks because that's where they're going to get their depth. Right. Pace doesn't do any of that. He just he'll just trade any of them. Just and, just throw them out the window. And by the way, that depth is going to be a lot cheaper than your first and second round picks as those guys age. Yes. Those guys get experience. Right. Going to be a lot cheaper. And you need to do it because if you're going to bring in Jalen Ramsey, or you're going to bring in. Uh, or you're going to extend Aaron Donald or whatever, and you're going to pay those guys a lot of money, then you it's it's impossible to manage your salary cap with with other with. There's nothing worse than having um, having to pay pretty good but not great late round first rounders. 
They yeah. come with a big tag. When you, if you want to keep them for fifth year, you have to give them a lot of money. So it makes more sense to have traded those picks for actual impact players and then backfill with others. The, but the Bears aren't doing any of that. No. Um, so then there's a the whole idea of, like, how attractive is the job? And um, you've got a quarterback who, other than, you know, Chicago sports radio hosts, um, <laughs> guys, people seem to think it's still pretty good. Right. You never had that to sell before. Maybe right. with Jay. Right. Um, and you've got, you know, you've got a core that's not all that. We went through all the this stuff. But the yeah. salary cap is the part that everybody freaks out about. Right. Oh, Ryan Pace has fucked up the salary cap. But in reality, the Bears' salary cap situation isn't any worse than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Where they got screwed was where other teams got screwed was the salary cap didn't go up last year. They had projected it was going to go up like normal, and it didn't, and they were screwed, and that's why. And then they just made – every team had to make t- tough decisions. The Bears just made the wrong ones. You know, they kept Jimmy Graham for no reason. They kept Akeem Hicks, knowing that Akeem hasn't played more than, like, six games and however long. So you pay him a bunch of money, and, oh, what a shock, he misses a bunch of games. Right. Um, next year, the salary cap goes up twice as much as it normally would. It's basically reset itself back to normal. And so every team's going to have room under the cap. Plus, the Bears, because so many of Pace's wonderful acquisitions have bombed, can get out of a lot of contracts. Somebody who comes in who's not wedded to these guys that Pace is going to be can immediately discharge a whole shitload of salary. Right. So they're really salary cap. They're not in that. They're not in bad shape. It's stupid for him to have like spread Jimmy's number. You know, he, there's he. He sprinkled little amounts of money on the cap again for no reason. Yeah. Well, it's all right. We'll uh, we'll redo Jimmy Graham's contract and we'll put we'll shove some of his to next year. Why? Right. That's more of an annoyance than a hindrance. Right. Right. So it's not that bad. Um, but the biggest downfall is that who are you reporting to, and how bad do they really want to win? Right. Right. So there's your sunny capper to another wonderful discussion about uh, our bears yeah it, it will be nice when theoretically there's a new front office team and a new head coach and there's like some excitement around the team again to talk about it but yeah oof. we know that lasts about a year and a half yeah well hey we'll take it yep i mean the 2018 season was fun yeah we didn't realize it was as good as it was going to get that was supposed to be the launch point Right. It was. And the whole thing blew up on the pad. Right about the time Cody Parkey hit two of the three parts of the uprights of the goalposts. Yeah. It died on the vine. Ugh. Yeah, for one of the columns last week, I found a, an angle I'd never seen before of the double doink from the end zone. Mm-hmm. It's somehow even more painful because <laughs> when it hits the upright, it looks like it's going to go in. And then it somehow drops and then hits the crossbar and goes the wrong way. And the crowd even kind of goes, they're all excited. And you hear a couple of hecklers because they're Bear fans. Like, oh, he's going to miss it. 
right. then it that's just everybody gets excited, and then it hits the upright. Be like, oh! But then there's this sense of, oh, it's gonna bounce in. You get this weird, oh, 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 and then the best is the mascot <laughs> falls flat on his face. I'd forgotten. I remember that at the time, but I'd forgotten it for a long time. That Staley just went and laid there forever. Talk about a visual representation of the Bears organization. <laughs> That should be the avatar right there. Staley falling flat on his face. <laughs> All right. So they're uh, they're off to Seattle. Uh, I don't even know what the spread is. I'm just assuming it's Seahawks by 30. 30, 30 is you know, those right. Seahawks are bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I... I would think there's very little chance the Bears win this game just because they never, play, be? they never play well out there anyway, even when they're not awful and they're a dumpster fire right now. The real test comes in two weeks when they play the Giants. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the Maras and the McCaskies could sit around and lament their fates. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but that was somebody was bitching... Oh, it was a giant writer was bragging about how, um, you know, the Giants have the Bears pick and their own pick, and they're both yeah, going right. to be really. And I pointed Hi, out the yeah. facts like, yeah, well, you know what, the Bears use that pick to get Justin Fields, right. and you're you still need a fucking quarterback, and you pushed it to a year in which there aren't any. So congratulations, go <laughs> dr- go draft one of them, see how it works out for you. Yeah, you're going to draft Daniel Jones 2.0. Have fun with that. Of all the stuff, that really was the of all the of all the Ryan Pace trade ups, this was the only one that has made sense so far. Oh yeah. Like anybody does. Any any GM jumps at the chance to do that. Right. But it is funny to look at teams like the Broncos, who if they had a quarterback, would be really good. Mm-hmm. Like Vic has really done a nice job salvaging that season. But every time they put Teddy back there, he gets broken in half and then they have to uh, bring in the the dope from Missouri. Um, they passed over Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another team I forget that it's always like why why wouldn't they have just paid? And the Giants are one. Why didn't the Giants just sit there at ten and take him? So, Good question. I'm Good glad, question. I'm just I'm glad they didn't. So Aaron Rodgers. Well, so Aaron Rodgers can take over the Broncos next year, and that'll be interesting. Well, I mean, that was the thinking that night, right? Was that the reason that the Broncos were out of the quarterback hunt was that they felt like they were going to just that sometime that night they were going to pull that trade off. Yeah, and they might have. Um, but yeah, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you get your get out of Green Bay free card at the end of the year, Denver, that yeah. situation like, is set up. You just go. That looks pretty attractive. And I'll be perfectly happy because it's not Green Bay and it's the AFC and. Maybe he'll just beat us in a Super Bowl or two. Uh, yeah, there you go. I think I'd probably take that. <laughs> yeah, that's the... As much as you have to watch the Bear coaching and GM, if there's a GM, search with like through your fingers. I'm petrified of what you're about to see. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about the fallout with of all the owners of the Packers <laughs> when... Aaron Rodgers gives them the finger on the way out of town. Talk about that board meeting. Because they have completely, like, you know, they they were ready to just let him go in in early fall 
when he hadn't shown up for training camp and or late summer. Oh, oh you know, screw him. And then he comes uh, back and they're like, oh, but now they're all like, he's going to stay forever. Yeah. It's like, no, he's, so happy. he's not. Nothing changed. You're getting one more year out of him and you better win the Super Bowl because you're about to enter this dark time that the Bears have been living for mm-hmm. a very long time. Once mm-hmm. he leaves, all that goes to shit. And I'm ready for it. I've been ready for it for a long time. I was. I remember being so excited when Favre left. Yeah. I was just like, oh, thank God. Now we don't have to put up with this shit. And then they replaced him with a guy who's better. Yeah. That's not going to happen this time. No. All right. No, there it is. So, yeah, we can kick this around again next week after an exciting win and after the Bears ruin the day after Christmas for everybody. It's not the same. They're, you know, you can't really ruin the day after Christmas. That's, what, that no. Boxing Day? Yeah, I think that's yeah, You can't ruin yeah. Boxing Day. Nobody really gives a <laughs> shit. Yeah, nobody's walking around going, God, my Boxing Day just sucks. <laughs> I can't believe I have to watch the Bears when I should be doing my boxing. Right. I believe I'm all alone on Boxing Day. Yeah. Well, right. Merry Christmas. Happy yes. Holidays. Merry you Christmas. Our- our listeners. And because to you and all the wonderful supporters of this podcast. I don't know why you do this to yourselves. But if we're going to yeah. do it to ourselves, you might we want you to be doing this with us. So we appreciate it. That's the rules. We all don't right. make them. Well, thanks, Mike. All right. Talk to you uh, next time. Oh, I hit the wrong. Shit. Many of us have herpes. 